Welcome to Finely Tuned. In each episode here, we're speaking with people who care about our built environment. This podcast is built by Gridium. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this conversation with Atul Kanzode, technology and innovation leader at DPR Construction. Atul has been on the DPR team for 22 years and also serves on the board of its venture capital arm. He has a PhD in construction engineering and management from Stanford University with a thesis on the virtual design of mechanical, electrical, and plumbing systems. This is in addition to other engineering degrees. My name is Millen, and I'm with Gridium. Buildings use our software to fine-tune operations. Atul and I will be discussing some of the latest popular topics in construction technology. And there has been quite a bit of activity in this industry, indicated uh, most recently by a $131 billion investment level in the construction venture ecosystem in 2018, an all-time record high according to the National Venture Capital Association. Atul, you and I met at a building technology meetup here in San Francisco, and given your extensive experience and expertise in our domain, I am just thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Milan. I am excited to be here. You've been a leader in the industry for two decades. What has changed the most over that span? Um, so I think there are a few things that I can point out to that have changed over that span. Uh, one is, uh, I think, you know, buildings have, have become uh, more complex. Uh, I think the way uh, construction industry uh, or the wider AEC industry procures uh, services of, you know, everyone from designers to general contractors has evolved uh, I see more collaborative approaches uh, to procurement of those services. And there's obviously a lot more use of uh, technology that is allowing us to, uh, you know, integrate better, collaborate better with the supply chain. So those three things, I would say, uh, have, have evolved over the last two decades that at least I have been in the industry. Yes, and indeed, my family designs and builds uh, homes and small commercial buildings in New Mexico, and I've grown up on construction sites and have spent quite a bit of time uh, with a shovel, and so I can I can uh, have seen some of that myself. Navitas Capital, an investor of ours, points to two specific trends in their latest construction and technology white paper: one, uh, automation and offsite work, and two digitization of workflows and data-driven decisions. Atul, what do you see as the role of offsite work, robotics, and automation? So I do feel like I think as uh, technology has allowed us to, um, you know, basically coordinate uh, the various systems better, uh, the opportunity for offsite work has increased because of the confidence that you have uh, in uh, installing those systems that are built offsite, so so I do feel like I think uh, that is only going to go up. Uh, one of the areas that I feel really uh, excited about is the uh, transition uh, going directly from uh, BIM, uh, you know, through robotics into uh, fabrication, and then uh, building some of those uh, uh, multi-trade assemblies offsite, and then bringing in and essentially assembling uh, these uh, uh, off-site uh, multi-trade fabricated assemblies, you know, bringing them on and 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 doing them on-site or installing them on-site or assembling them on-site. So 
I think um, offsite work, uh, you know, is is already a, a component of our projects. Many of the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing subcontractors have done that for their own trades, and we are seeing more and more of it uh, with uh, either you know sort of a multi-trade approach or sort of this volumetric prefabrication approach. And I think that that that's an exciting development for our industry. Interesting. There is. Also, a lot of thought going into the construction industry productivity. Is the digitization of workflows and data analysis making a dent in this trend? Uh, I think it clearly is. So uh, I would basically say that, uh, you know, I think productivity in our industry is how efficient can you uh, be, um, you know, for your on-site activities. And, you know, when you talk about digitization, you know, the use of building information models for coordination, uh, you know the uh, you know making information location aware. Uh, you know I think uh, having um, you know real time feedback uh, into you know through laser scanning and other approaches on on how you've done installation. I think all of these are helping the industry uh, improve the the productivity uh, by making the you know the the workflow on the job site, which tends to be very sequential. You know, go a lot smoother, and uh, so so I do feel like I think uh, you know there there is a lot uh, that digitization uh, through you know BIM and other tools has already done uh, to improve the workflows, uh, especially for the 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 workers that are doing the installation work in the field. Does DPR think about any potential distinction between productivity and efficiency? For example. You know, we could imagine a system optimized for throughput, but nevertheless might have quite a ton of waste. Uh, so we do think about this uh, uh, quite a bit. And one example that comes to my mind is, you know, we have done uh, a lot of, uh, uh, in our recent uh, larger healthcare projects where we have brought in a team of, um, you know, uh, let's say designers and general contractor which is us uh, plus the subcontractors all together in, in a big room to uh, essentially design something and coordinate something uh, to a level of detail where uh, the construction uh, will go really smooth because we have coordinated everything. Now that has led to some amount of inefficiency for let's say a smaller player who could be needed uh, only to answer partially answer the the um, you know, during the coordination process, you know, any questions that come up. So, for example, you know, like a medical planner or th- or others who have a smaller role to play. But when they do have a role to play, it's a pretty important role. So I do feel like, um, you know, the, that I think uh, we need to respect that. And, uh, you know, in, in some instances, even uh, pay them for their services and their time uh, so that we can optimize the overall system and improve the overall productivity. Although, uh, if you look at sort of the the sub, uh, you know, or, or the or a particular trade, for them it might be a slightly inefficient, but it's it's better for the overall productivity. I see. Yeah, that distinction is interesting. Atul, you also ran the virtual building group for four years. Can you describe the difference between a BIM model and the new term, quote, digital twin? And do you think this is a meaningful difference? Yeah, so to me, um, you know, building information model is a, 
uh, you know, kind of a extension of, a, you know, 3D visualization uh, with, uh, you know, sort of object oriented uh, sort of properties, uh, you know, for, uh, for the uh, for all the objects that that you can query and do uh, you know uh, further analysis with like you know quantities or cost or or schedule uh, or other things uh, to me the the digital twin uh, should represent a little bit more uh, so i look at uh, you know digital twin is kind of a living breathing sort of operating uh, facility or a or digital representation of that and Mostly what I see is a digital twin, uh, you know, when, when I hear the term, uh, most, more than likely, I think people are referring to the product model with the associated properties associated uh, with that product model, uh, you know, like the objects in the model. And I do not see the uh, organization or the process represented in it. And uh, many times, I think that is a critical need when you look at it from a building operations perspective, like how, what is the uh, fitness of the facility to the operations or, uh, you know, how do you maintain it? What is the process you go through and, and do that? And to me, a digital twin would be richer if the process and organization views are represented along with the product view in, 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 in the digital twin conception. Well, and speaking of that, what are the challenges, or is that it, to a single end-to-end -end data stream from design all the way through construction to operations and maintenance? And what might be the value of that? Uh, so I do see uh, uh, the, a lot of value in, uh, in you know, utilizing, um, you know, data from design and construction through the ONM process. I feel like the challenge that we have uh, is the fragmentation and the uh, through the life cycle, the contribution of each of the players in making that useful for, for the owner. And how do you really manage that? Uh, so, you know, an example of that would be, uh, you know, a design model many times doesn't have the information on how something uh, is actually constructed or a construction model doesn't have information on uh, on, on things uh, that a designer might care about. For, for example, you know, the, the circuit information or things like that, you know, they might have all the uh, information to fabricate and install something, but might not have the system level information. And all of these need to be brought together to make the models relevant uh, from an operations and maintenance perspective. And uh, to me, uh, I think you need to start with the end in mind so that you can, um, uh, you, you can basically harvest this information through the life cycle as you are going through uh, the design and, and sort of construction process. Given your experience, can you speak briefly about what you've seen as the most important ele elements to owners versus designers as compared to general contractors, as compared to subcontractors? Uh, you're talking about just the building information models or in general, what, what their needs are? Good question, let's say both, but let's start with the, the models. Yeah, so I think, uh, so what I see uh, from an owner's perspective is um, you know, that they want um, to be sure that between the designers, uh, you know, the let's say the design build or design assist subcontractors and the general contractors that they have bought all the scope, that there's no scope that's missing 
mm-hmm. they're going to have to pay for. I think from a designer's perspective, it's really, uh, you know, uh, is it detailed enough to meet the requirements of, you know, what they need to do, which is to, you know, produce the the permit documentation and be, you know, have the clarity of, you know, what is uh, being requested um, or, or what, what is being specified that needs to be built. And then from a general contractor and a subcontractor's perspective, uh, really, uh, you know, is there a clarity, you know, um, uh, so that we can go out and uh, take what we have done in the building information modeling or the virtual design and construction process and go and fabricate it so that our, um, you know, construction process is a lot more predictable and we are not having to do rework and we can track productivity and we can come within budget and, and time. So I think that's what I feel the various players involved in this process really care about. I wonder if the digital twin might be that data layer that brings together and unites the stakeholders differing priority lists. Do you think that's possible? Yes, uh, I do think that's that's possible. And I think, you know, some of the, the uh, you know, a, as I sort of, you know, uh, think back about the life cycle, um, at different times in the project life cycle, um, you know, different things within the digital twin uh, become more, uh, more or less important. So, uh, you know, I think during the, the construction process, for example, a lot of you know, what we are looking for is, you know, how do we plan construction activities and how do we, you know, uh, essentially be able to fabricate from the from the models, things like that. I think when it goes over to the owner, they're really more interested in, you know, uh, understanding how the uh, kind of having the system level view so they can do things like, you know, in, in case of uh, uh, emergency or a leak or something that they can isolate a, a, a subset of a system or things like that. So that then becomes more relevant. So I think, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think if a digital twin represents all that information through the life cycle, uh, then absolutely it's a, it's a good uh, concept to have. How focused are owners on total cost of ownership or designs with efficiency as an objective function or plans that account for preventive maintenance? Yeah, so I feel like I think I see um, uh, two maybe distinct, um, uh, you know, level of our engagement with with owners so um especially when we are dealing with institutional owners uh, they are very very focused on um you know the efficiency of their building operations uh, how they're gonna uh, have their preventative maintenance program you know how their assets uh, work together with other assets they have uh, very focused on it and very interested in in uh, really you know this whole concept of digital twin or mm-hmm. like a facility operations model or or other things and then uh, there are other owners who uh, maybe are uh, you know uh, building for the first time who um, uh, don't do not have a huge investment in uh, facility management organization uh, that are probably less sophisticated uh, in, in that regard they are interested uh, but maybe less sophisticated in that regard. Uh, but I, I do believe that I think everyone that we work with is is very interested in in obviously getting a quality building uh, for what they pay for, and then uh, have the ability to be able to manage and uh, operate that building most efficiently. Sometimes general contractor research and development is described as comparatively quite low to other industries. 
Do you think this is a perception or is it real? I mean, if you look at the absolute numbers, uh, you know, and compare ourselves with other industries, it is real. Um, and uh, I mean, it probably has to do with how low margin of an industry we are. And, um, you know, uh, also uh, uh, to be real, I think a lot of the uh, investment uh, that is necessary in technology and other, uh, you know, other things to, to, to be brought to our industry I'm not sure um, like only a single firm within our uh, AEC ecosystem can can pull it off. So I think it does require mm -hmm. a, a different level of thinking about, uh, you know, R&D and innovation in our industry. How does DPR manage innovation and entrepreneurialism inside the firm? So we have uh, a few things uh, that we have invested in. So we have an internal um uh, innovation group that we considered about 10 years ago. And the main objective of that group is to fund, um, you know, pilots on either, you know, process improvement, innovations, uh, you know, various things that sort of sits outside of the, the project budget. So, um, you know, we fund this uh, from sort of our corporate innovation budget and, and one of the other approaches that we have also taken is to really partner with, uh, you know, entrepreneurs uh, that are trying to push the industry uh, that have invested on their own in various tools or technologies or processes. So we want to get them engaged uh, through funding these innovation pilots uh, on our on our projects. And when we look at that, we basically, you know, have a criteria on how this helps the owners. Uh, how does how does this help become a better technical builder? Uh, there's some you know a few criteria that that we have that we evaluate this this uh, around, and then on the entrepreneurial side, what we do is um, uh, so we have a we have constituted a venture fund, and when some of these ideas uh, you know have uh, bigger legs or need you know a, a, a lot more funding, uh, then we uh, have uh, you know funded them. You know, we have, uh, you know, done a, um, a company that's focused on uh, essentially building operations. Uh, that's, a, uh, you know, a software as a service company that's uh, basically focused on providing, uh, you know, a platform for building owners to, to manage their and operate their buildings. We have also founded a company that is uh, focused on digital fabrication and they are operating as independent entities and and uh, you know in in the software as well as the fabrication space can you tell us about your experience deploying new technology on the job site how does your team monitor engagement and measure results so we usually um, tend to engage with our project team so we have uh, a group within dpr called uh, integration technology integration managers so at the beginning of any project, we um, sit down with the, the project leadership team uh, and really go through, uh, without first talking about technology, all the various processes and, and the way they're going to manage that and then bring uh, them, uh, you know, uh, basically the solutions uh, that include both process and tools or technologies that are available to them. Uh, uh, in order to sort of deliver the promise, uh, you know, to the owner on that project. And then that group works together, uh, you know, with the, the project team to bring the, the relevant technology on the site. And that might include, uh, you know, not just sort of setting it up for them, but also training them, 
and and helping them through the process. Many times, uh, you know, uh, through the innovation, um, you know, uh, uh, budgets, we would also fund something new if they want to try out something new on the project that either they might have been exposed to or, uh, you know, they can also look at our innovation portfolio to learn about something that we might be doing that they might want to try out. So, um, so I think it's a it's a much more sort of a collaborative approach within DPR in terms of uh, monitoring engagement and measuring results. Um, I mean, f- some of the the things that we uh, look for, uh, especially for the pilots, is you know doing the check-ins on a periodic basis through our uh, you know the innovation uh, pod leaders uh, in of the business unit or or the region uh, to understand you know whether uh, you know, the promise of something that we uh, wanted to do, is that coming through or is that creating more work or not? So I think we, we do multiple sort of check-ins to really understand how this is this is going. And I think we can get better at that. Uh, sometimes we don't kill uh, stuff that's not working soon enough, uh, but, but uh, that's kind of how we do it. Are there any examples where a new technology simply didn't work? And what are the positive opposite cases where something really delivered value? So yeah, I mean, there's uh, you know a bunch of examples that I can think of where something you know didn't work. So we had uh, um, you know uh, a, a system that uh, was based on kind of this um, you know idea of um, uh, the you know uh, was was based on kind of this lean idea of the um, Con, you know, having a having a conversation which is kind of received out the message and and you know ha- having somebody really understand like this network of commitments kind of a system and we tried mightily it was trying to be integrated with our email system and our uh, sort of phones and and we tried mightily it just never worked uh, so we had to sort of abandon that and and go back to that sort of the old way of just you know bringing people together in a big room and sort of work through that. And then there's others that, um, you know, sort of really worked, uh, you know, I think having, um, you know, technology on on sort of, you know, iPads, uh, uh, you know, various things like, you know, Bluebeam, PlanGrid, uh, you know, stuff like that, that uh, our field really likes, for example, that has worked. Uh, we haven't had to push that much. I think people see value in it and they have information at the hand right out in the field. You know things like the you know computer on wheels, where we have it in a you know job site box out in the out on the floor where construction mm. is going on. I think those things have have really worked. Is there anything that you're really excited about this year as you look ahead? So um, I mean, the one uh, thing that I feel excited about uh, this year uh, is I think the. On, on a couple of our institutional clients or large healthcare projects, uh, the owner uh, taking interest in uh, the ONM uh, system that we have uh, deployed on their projects and um, and the value that they are seeing from it, and uh, you know, and it sort of uh, you know gives me a lot of satisfaction that you know we have not just built and delivered a, a great sort of construction project for them but we are also continuing to be engaged with them in really delivering the the service that 
they as a world class kind of healthcare facility you know provide the patients and that we are playing a small role in helping them manage their facility so i think that's that's really uh, been pretty exciting for me cool well this has been great atul i really appreciate you taking the time today your thoughts here have been quite interesting thank you thank you very much milan this was really awesome to talk with you Okay, that's a wrap. For more episodes, go to the Gridium blog online or subscribe to Finely Tuned wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.